What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Shoot the Dough podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. It's time to do the show. I mean, shoot the dough with Aaron and Danae, streaming on Mixler every Tuesday at noon central or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Time for the show to begin. So let's listen in. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Aaron and Danae. What? The Tom shoes that I've been looking at are uh-huh. on sale. <laughs> well, we'll be waiting on the podcast for a little bit while Danae buys some shoes. Oh, so cute. Sorry. If indeed you can unstick your hand from the desk over there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I made a critical error today during uh, our radio show. Yeah. Oh. Tell us all about it, Danae. I don't even know how. I don't even know where to start. I felt like it was a good idea to roll up from the base of the uh, super glue container mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to roll up the base, well, like, yeah, like, a, like a toothpaste. Yeah, you don't want to waste any super glue. Right. Turns out it's a lot more fluid than toothpaste. I. It's more like a Capri Sun. It'll <laughs> just shoot right out of there. Instead, I created like a pressure situation, and all of a sudden I like noticed that leaking out of the cap is super glue yeah yeah so because you did this with the cap on yeah like you're at least you know wise enough not to do this with the cap off but even with it tightly secured it was still leaking out yeah i was building a pressure because i kept rolling it and rolling it as tight <laughs> as i could thinking i was doing a good i that did not do anything good so then i take the cap <laughs> off and then aaron why don't you describe what happens next yeah if you've ever blown into a capri sun container <laughs> and then let it just you know that's basically what the super glue did. Just super glue shooting everywhere over on your side. It's terrifying. Super glue is one of the scariest things. I and mean, maybe if it was hot lava mm-hmm. or acid. Thank you, Danae. Yes, those would be worse. But how that doesn't make its way into your everyday life. Super glue is something that everyone pretty much can have mm-hmm. access to. Yeah. But do not roll it up. Let it be. So what was funny from my perspective, what was funny is you were in one of those moments like I think of, well, the old school version is Lucille Ball in the Chocolate Factory, yeah. where she can't handle all the chocolates. There and she's was trying so to, much happening. There was so much glue going everywhere, and you're looking like, ah, it's on my computer. Oh, it's on the desk. It's a, and you're trying to figure out how to clean it it's up. dripping with, down the side of the super glue container. Right. It's on the lid. Where do I put those all things? all over your hands. Because as soon as I put them down, they're going to stick somewhere. So, yeah, it was very humorous. And, uh, and so stressful. you're trying to figure out how to clean it up without also sticking things together. So I offered you a napkin and you're like no because it'll stick it'll stick to the napkin i'm like well how do you clean it up then five minutes later i reach out and touch that napkin and what happened the napkin stuck stuck, yeah it stuck to everything (sighs) it was a mess do you still have uh super glue i do stuck to your fingers i have super glue on almost all of my finger pads nice yeah just peel that off and then somebody could use your fingerprints if there's like a fingerprint scanner. I've done that before where I've peeled super glue off my finger. It takes the skin with. So I'm just going to leave <laughs> it It takes alone. the actual fingerprint, not just an imprint. Yeah, I need that. I need I, that for later. I used to super glue my fingers together. Did you not do that when you were a kid? No, I literally would take super glue, put a drop on my, my thumb and I would, I would squeeze my thumb to my finger for, you know, a few minutes. And it was fun because, I mean, you couldn't get them apart. That's what's fun about it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So then you'd have to figure out how much how much pain you were willing to bear to separate your fingers from each other. Skin, I mean, skin gives way eventually. You, that's so. That's not a good idea. But what would your mother think if she found out that you did that? I don't know. I was a kid. Like I also stuck bobby pins through my skin. Like you know, you just do stuff like that. I used an eraser to you know tattoo myself and. You mean burn yourself? Yeah, like where you you know you erase like, like part of your skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never did any of that kind of stuff. I glued my fingers together with Elmer's glue. That's totally different. <laughs> that is totally different. That's because I like the peeling. Like It felt neat to peel. Yeah. Yeah, that was part of it. It was like experimental, you know? It was like, how but does this feel? Cool, and, that's not, that's not happy. Skin is so, like, have you ever, have you really not ever taken a pin through the top layer of your skin and like, like a safety pin or something and taken it through your skin and attached it? I've never seen it's this not, part of your psyche before. <laughs> it's not painful at all. 
I'm sure. not a cut like I'm not somebody who like has to experience pain. It's just it was it was interesting. I'm surprised okay. you don't have did any you, piercings. Did you ever No, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want pain. Did you ever like wave your hand in flames? Like over a candle or something. Like wave your f- Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah because I, it's like that. it's cool. It's like, oh I'm in fire, but poured, it doesn't hurt. I've poured wax on my hand before. There you go. Something like that. Even that even hurts but, a little bit. Not but not for very long. Right. That's all I'm saying. That's what that kind of stuff was. I learned my ultimate lesson with a hot glue gun. <laughs> no. Do you remember this? I think I've ta- talked about this on the air before. Remind me. I don't know why. It's because I was a kid and kids can't think beyond like the step right yeah. in front of them. What is it they say the last thing to develop is In the your, brain is forethought. Is Yes, yeah, is foresight. Is the ability to see an advance. So true. I, I completely have, I agree. I have teenagers. I, don't, I still don't think they have it. I... I agree for this moment in my life alone. Hot glue gun. And because of my experience with Elmer's glue, what I used to do with Elmer's glue mm-hmm. is I'd paint it on my fingernails. Okay. And then I would let it dry. And sure. it kind of looked like fake fingers in which, you know, like, yeah, yeah. press on. Right. But you get to do it yourself kind of a thing. I did that with wax, but not because I wanted to do Lee press on. It just, 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 for it fun. Was just cool. Yeah. I did that with a hot glue gun. On my fingernail. I think that would be dangerous. Like, I think that would hurt really bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was excruciating. At it was what a- point did you know? Like, how long did it take? However many point zero 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 whatever seconds it took for my body to recognize. Because there was like a, like a fraction of a second. Did you put it, it like, on the cool. nail? Yeah, like right on my nail bed. So you probably wouldn't have felt that right away. No, but it was, but only for a split second. And then all of a sudden it is like intense yeah horrible heat, and there's nothing you can't stop it and it's liquid yeah so whenever i went to go wipe it off oh it was still hot and then it was still it hot burnt. that it burned my hand oh and then of course i can't tell anybody about it in the moment because uh like i don't <laughs> want to tell anyone so you wait until you're way older then you just laugh at yourself because you're a stupid kid did you have <laughs> did it like did it burn you bad enough that it left marks well yeah like the un- beneath my fingernail was red okay because it burned. I'm sure it burned. You think it melted through your fingernail? I don't know that it melted through, okay. but the heat was so intense. That, that it, below the fingernail, yeah, it, it was, was still super burnt. sensitive. Like I couldn't touch it for a little while. Wow. It was awful. I, and immediately I'm thinking, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? Why wouldn't I know? Because <laughs> <laughs> you were a child. Because I was a child. You were 27. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> well, you ready to shoe a dough? Yeah, I'm ready to shoe a dough. We like to start our shoe the doughs. Yeah. With a little peruse the news. From outside this building, other things happen that we're not aware of until people tell us about them. That's what makes them news. And now we will peruse the news. Yeah. Take that, Mr. Gargamel. We've been doing this for a while now. I'm still not into our intro. I love it. I'm sure it's you do. It's possibly one of my favorite things of all time. It's because you're not doo doo doing <laughs> I do doo doo plenty. We talked about this a little bit in the pre-show, but Angela Lansbury sung uh, Beauty and the Beast at the Lincoln Center for the 25th yeah. anniversary of Beauty and the Beast, which is happening right now. It's been out t- for 25 years now. It's one of those videos that is extremely touching and you're almost not sure why. At least that's yeah. the experience I had. I was like really moved and I'm like, what is it about this that is so moving? Is it just nostalgia? Is it just like that song from that movie and that, you know, she's older now, but she's still singing it? I don't know. Was, was it her performance? Like her performance was really good. It was really sweet. I love Angela Lansbury. Yeah. In fact, I started watching Murder, She Wrote on Netflix. You did not. I did. And Columbo. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> You're watching Murder, She Wrote in Columbo. Yeah. Are, do you live in an old folks home? Like, I mean, those those are like the. I loved watching those shows. In fact, the whole like intro, do 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 do. The Waltons. Have you been watching the Waltons? I didn't watch the Waltons when I was growing up. All right. So when I saw her today, I watched the clip today. I was swept into that nostalgia as well. Yeah. But when I looked over at you, you, I did not expect. You were captivated. Your eyes were huge and shiny, and you had the biggest smile on your face. I don't know what it was. It's emotional for some reason. Yeah, there was something really touching about it. I'd highly recommend it. And when that it. song plays in the movie, when you're seeing the movie for mm-hmm. the first time, it's just the sweet song that's kind of, you know, going along with the story. Yeah. And I love her voice. She was Mrs. Potts, you know? So. Right. 
there's some anyway so we wanted to mention that one because it's worth watching we actually shared it onto our facebook page yeah i definitely think you should check that it's one our out. radio facebook page so you're gonna look for the morning dna on yep. facebook and you can find it there so that was my first one to bring up today what uh, else you got a little bit of celebrity gossip is that Brad Pitt and Angelina are splitting up. Oh, you're being silly, but I know this affects you. And usually this stuff doesn't affect you. No. But there is something about Brad and Angelina that's really getting to you. So let's get to the heart of this. No, I don't want to get to the heart of it. I I don't want to spend that much time talking about Angelina and Brad Pitt. But I think there's something deeper there. I I think there's something about just wanting it to work. You know, you just want it to work for somebody, you know? know? And it seemed like it was working before they got married, and then they got married. And that's kind of one of the things about Hollywood. It just seems that when people get married in Hollywood, it's almost like... But it's not like it happened overnight. They've been married for a while. They've been together for a while. They have six kids. But they had the kids even before they got married. Like, they've just been together for a long time. They only got married, I think, 2014. Really? Yeah. Oh, I had no clue. But they've been together for a really long time. Well, and then they had that movie that came out last year that was really strange, and it was about marriage, and they were fighting a fighting married couple in the movie. Do you think that's what brought it about? That <laughs> no. stupid movie? No, I think that movie was... <sighs> I think they were hope, probably hoping that that movie would be like cathartic, you know, that they would be able to, you know, work through some things with their art, maybe. I they've mean, been, in hindsight. They've been married for know. two years. Yeah. They've only been married for two years, but they've I been had, together I since 2004-ish. Those are random details. I think it's just sad that there's another like iconic couple that is yeah. is parting ways, and you know, still hold on to um, the one I always I point really is, like is Tom them. Hanks. I, like I know uh, and his Tom, wife, and Rita, Rita Wilson. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't normally bring up gossip, but you're right. That one got to me today. And, and possibly it again is just a lesson not to put people on a pedestal and not to think that you know, they have to have to have other people have it together so that something you you believe is worthwhile. You know, so. Should we move uh, on to this new ham dog thing that I found? <laughs> sure. Australian man patents the ham dog. I, I'm guessing this is a hamburger hot dog hybrid. It is a hot dog burger combo bun. Okay, a bun. So the what do you bun mean a bun is made for both hamburger and a hot dog? Oh wow! At the same time. Wow! It is yeah. a long hot dog bun with a in hamburger the of it is a circle hamburger. in yep. the middle. And sesame seeds. Yes. Apparently. So it's a ham, it's a ham dog bun. It's a ham dog bun. Uh, he went on to, the, the inventor's name is Mark Murray. He went on to Shark Tank. <laughs> really? Yes. Is it on the season premiere? Because I know that's coming up soon. I don't know. Is this like, is this marketing for the season premiere of Shark Tank? I don't Tank? know. It says the judges turned him down and it's been a year. Oh, so, so probably maybe it was last not. season. I just don't remember it. So, but he is selling the ham dogs at fairs and markets in Australia and people are look very interested in it, and he's wondering if he's going to be franchising now. I wonder if it didn't even make the like the show. I wonder if he applied with it, and it didn't even make the show, because I don't remember that at all. When you watch that show, I don't watch the show, so yeah. I'm not sure. So the burger is split in half to allow the hot dog to be placed in between. Well, of course, yes. This and makes it sense. Is, I think it looks good. I think my husband would love this. Because when you dog. When you go to a bar, no. like a barbecue... And you want to have both a hamburger and a hot dog. It's just all one time. Right. You don't have to have multiple buns. It's just all right there. Yeah, except. <laughs> Go ahead. You don't You don't usually eat the hot dog with the hamburger. Well, there see, is another the solution. Thing. You start with the hot dog, chomp, 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 and uh-huh. then you get to the hamburger, chomp, chomp, and you end with hot dog again, chomp, chomp, chomp. So it's like... eat half your hot dog, <laughs> eat a hamburger, and eat the other half of your hot dog. Like, then you don't have to worry about, you know, separate toppings. And if you really like it all together, you know, you could cut the hot dog in half. Just put it on your burger. It'll work. It'll fit. This one says, woman uses couponing to feed thousands in need. I thought this is a really interesting story. There's a 29-year-old lady. Her name is Lauren Purrier. Okay. She found an organization called For the Love of Others, and she's hoping that by her 30th birthday, she'll actually provide 30,000 meals to people in need who don't have food security, and she just uses her love of couponing to make all of that possible. And so she's getting a lot of attention in the news today. And I think that anytime you're able to kind of elevate how some people are really good at couponing. I'm not good at couponing. I think it's a myth. I think those people are no, lying. it's for real. I don't think that's possible. Now, there was bad... <laughs> they will get paid. I will see these people. They'll take coupons to a store and the store will pay them to take items out. She how says, does that work? If she coupons correctly, she can feed 150 people for $20, depending on the items that I she buys. I don't get it. 
She's already delivered over 5,000 meals, and she's confident that she can reach 30,000 by next year. How much time does that take her to find the right coupons and do all that stuff? Could she be earning a living (laughs) in the time that she's taking the coupon? One of my very best friends is a coupon. In fact, I have several really great friends who all coupon. Uh Seems to be their common common denominator is hyper-organization. Yeah, I would think they so. They have an incredible plan. They have an organizer. They have everything kind of lined out, and then they go to the store, and they make it all happen. So, Oh, it seems crazy. <laughs> the closest I get to that is I remember one time we were going to buy a grill. We hadn't bought a grill in a long time, and so we needed a new grill. And we go down the, you know, the aisle at Walmart or wherever that has all the grills, and we basically look for the cheapest one and then just go with that. That is our, mo- you know, mm-hmm. our MO when it comes to buying things, especially things that cost a little bit more. But there was one in the medium range that the box had a hole in it. Like it had a little hole in it. And so I was like, I'm taking the one with the hole in it and I'm going to ask for a discount. <laughs> That's like asking for cans of food at a discount because there's a dent. Yeah. So I did. So I took it through. <laughs> and they, they gave me $30 off. Yeah. I was Isn't like, that weird? It's amazing. And She's- that's, that's when I learned, by the way, that's when I learned they actually can sell you stuff for whatever they want. They, this is a secret. You can actually barter in the United States of America. Like it's a real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah. But we don't. But we don't. I want to read this quote before we go on because I think it'll be kind of fun. It might blow your mind. She said, my first couponing experience was canned vegetables. I was able to get them for four cents a can at Dollar wow. General. So I bought 420 cans. And I added chicken and rice to the meal. And that's so that's how her food cost is down so low is because she can, you know, buy a lot of food for so you find if you find the right deal and there's no max because a lot of those coupons have maxes on them, but a lot of them don't. So if you know what to look for, you can go and clear a shelf. And then instead of hoarding the food yourself, which a lot of a lot of couponers talk about a stockpile, Mm -hmm, they have like an entire section of their home that's dedicated to having have as much food as they need. Right. She's wanting to make that available for people who, who have a uh, hunger. So I have that in my closet. Have hunger. Your, your hoarded foods. Yeah. Yeah. I put, um, I literally put the sour cream and cheddar, uh, potato chips in there <laughs> so that only I get to eat them. Cause you, your children find Cause them. Cause my children find them. They're gone. 2000 year old human skeleton is found on a famed shipwreck. How old? 2000 years old. Skeleton. Uh huh. Wow. Ancient bones From survived. the year 16. <laughs> I just did that math in my head. That was good. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, against all odds, the bones survived over 2,000 years at the bottom of, a, of the sea, and they appear to be in fairly good condition. Wow. So, obviously, everybody is super excited. Do you know anything about the science that went into to knowing how old they were? Did they carbon date them? Did they well, were there were there context clues? Okay, so there were context clues. Context clues would be the shipwreck. Right, they know when the ship sank, and it's a famous shipwreck. They know a shipwreck was it like one of Paul's ships, like from the <laughs> Bible times? I'm not kidding. I'm not like how do you know of a shipwreck okay. that happened at the turn of BC to AD? And it, I'm going to say this wrong. A Nicotera shipwreck. A Nicotera, and it's a famous shipwreck from Jesus's time. Uh, it's a Greek island. Yeah. I just don't, like, I just didn't realize we, because I thought there were, like, dark ages where there was no information and stuff got lost, and, like, it's I didn't know we had. Roman-era shipwreck dating from the second quarter of the first century B.C. It was discovered by sponge divers in 1900. So it's been something that people have gone back to and keep excavating, and, mm. and then they realized that there was bones in, like, under the shipwreck. So now they've actually found a skeleton of somebody that was on that shipwreck. Wait, who, did you say under the shipwreck? I think it was underneath. The The assumption is that... Somebody got pinned under the ship? Well, when when your ship is sinking... You dive down and, and get underneath it I'm to sure, try to push I'm, it back up? I'm sure it's very chaotic. <laughs> I think... Guys, I got this! If I swim a little harder... Oh my goodness. I think that really is amazing, too, though. Is they're probably going to do a lot of testing on the bones and like look at the DNA. Um... It's interesting because they're they're excavating a lot of different things and they're t- mm-hmm. testing the DNA in a lot of old skeletons and finding out like what the bubonic plague was and just all sorts of interesting or things. Or even so. just differences, you know, differences in DNA and maybe how it's changed and, you know, microevolution, that kind of stuff. This is the most extraordinary scientific discovery we've made here. Uh, the 
they believe that the passenger or crew member, quote, was trapped in the ship when it went down and he must have been buried very rapidly or the bones would have gone by now. Mm. So that's why they're saying he was buried because, you know, if he was exposed to the element. Same reason, same reason dinosaur bones can be found. Because they're buried, you know they they get they got buried quickly apparently, and some of the bones remain on the seafloor, but others have been brought to the surface for analysis. Uh, the wreck, which is believed to be a Greek trading or cargo ship, is the largest ancient shipwreck ever discovered. Since it was discovered in 1900, they've discovered a wealth of artifacts on that shipwreck, including glassware, gold jewelry, marble statues, ancient weapons known as dolphins. Um, and I'm then, sorry, did you say ancient weapons known as dolphins? As a dolphin, yeah, I don't know why. Did they use dolphins as a weapon? A clockwork device, which is now held at the National Archaeological Museum in Athens, which is believed to have predicted celestial events and considered the world's first computer, was found on that. Here's a what? interesting picture of it. I found this on Huffington Post, but if you just search for 2,000-year-old human skeleton found on famed shipwreck or just... Somebody, skeleton, you'll probably find. Somebody in the live chat wants to know, mm-hmm. was the skeleton found clutching a diamond pendant? Because if so, there's there's an old Checking. lady I saw in a movie. Checking. That probably, is not mentioned. Probably looking for that. <laughs> and finally today, for my Peruse news, I don't even know if I've gone over. I'm not really keeping track. Oh, you're fine. It's a mushroom suit that digests your body after you die. I'm sorry, What? A suit, a suit made of mushrooms, it's or an, a suit shaped like a mushroom. It's an eco-friendly. Uh, this has kind of been become more popular in the last uh-huh. little while. Tell me, Danae. Is how you decide to be buried. Yes, my brother and I have talked about this. What did you decide? I don't know what I've decided yet, but now yeah. there's a mushroom suit to consider. All I know, <laughs> that's right. Now we have another option. I'm guessing this is a this is like a fungal type thing that you put on the body. That increases decomposition and probably makes it richer for the soil and that kind yes. of stuff. Yes. So it's it's morbid to think about, but it makes sense. It's just a different way to go out. Here's my thing. This is what I've always said. Just don't pay a lot of money. You right? know, don't 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 like uh, put formaldehyde in me and try to keep you know make me look like just you know uh, cremate me, move on. You know, like it's just my body. Okay, it's so. Okay. Hunt, there's a lot I mean, of- make sure I'm dead. Can we get that part in there first? Like, make sure I really <laughs> am gone. <laughs> and then just take care of the body. The suit is getting a lot of attention. Um, I When I was glancing through, I noted that um, there was a cost of $1,000. Do you think For that's too suit? much? I do. I do. Listen, just let me- Just curious. Yeah, just let me- I, Throw me in a hole, let me decompose, but or burn my body But I legal. Up. Oh, is there, you can't There's just, legalities there are, on, you can't just There has to go, be a legal way just to bury somebody, doesn't there? This how is, could you, how uh, did you make that illegal? <laughs> <laughs> how could it be illegal just to bury somebody when they die? I think you have to, like, own a plot of land, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't okay, just go. check. Okay, well then if you, that maybe it's okay. On I don't, your own I land. I don't know. There's probably, like, a certain depth or something that you would have to Surely, do. Surely, we would hope so. <laughs> Maybe there's zoning laws. I don't Potentially, know. Potentially. <laughs> these are all things. Maybe it's by state or by your where you live. We don't know these things. I just don't want you to. I mean, I guess a thousand isn't bad. That's probably. What is cremation anymore? Is that like that like much? a buck, I think. <laughs> is it because a dollar? <laughs> if it's a thousand dollars, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> like, I will. I will. It cremate. reminds me. This one reminds me of the one. And I apologize if you think this is a little bit like we're kind of making light of death. Welcome to Shoe the Dead. Sorry about that. But it reminds me of the one where. You grow into a tree, like <laughs> what? Not y- you, but your, you know, your There's remains. There's a suit that turns you into a it's tree. It's not a suit. It's not a suit. It's like a bucket, <laughs> and it has soil in it, and it has like a tree. And the idea is that you plant that, and the tree grows. They out put of it. your body in a tree bucket. Yeah, so then your family can go visit your tree. <laughs> <laughs> that one's. That one's the other one that I was looking into. <laughs> do they do they process your body first? I'm so confused. Like, are you just your actual I'm body? I'm sure it's ashes. I'm sure it has to be ashes, right? Like, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Do you mean well, no, it up because then it does. If it's ashes, it doesn't make sense because it, I'm sure it has something to do with like feeding the tree, right? Like, so your your family feels like this tree has part of you in it. Like you've nourished. Okay, I just googled after you die, turn into a tree. <laughs> Thank you. Good, good, great Google uh, search. Bios urn. Biocern. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a biodegradable biodegradable urn that's designed to convert you into a tree after you've died. 
convert you into a tree. It's a burial pod is what they call it. So is it your full body or is it a processed body? Is there something that has to be done to your body? Do you have to wear the mushroom soup and then be put in the bio spot? Suit. It's a it's mushroom suit, <laughs> not soup, just to be clear. <laughs> Did you know any of this stuff no. before today? You're no, welcome. that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> By the way, if you'd like to know the age at which we think we're going to die and how we think we're going to die, you can listen to uh, the exclusive pre-show if you're a supporter of this podcast yeah you can support our podcast um at patreon we use patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash shoe the dough and when you do that they've just added a brand new feature so if you're already supporting us on patreon this you've is something already got you've access already to got this. access to mm-hmm. you just go to our page where we have the overview of our show and information and on the right hand side you'll see a url feed link and, and you just put that into your podcast player and you it will automatically then update every time we decide to add audio onto our patreon link so we already give you access to every single podcast that the shoot the dough podcast network does mm-hmm. thanks to your support um and any other audio we add so we're going to start adding our exclusive pre-show to patreon so that you never have to miss it and you don't have to go back to mixler and try to find them yep it'll all be right there in your podcast feed is a special podcast feed with bonus episodes just for you as a supporter if you aren't a supporter and you'd like to be thank you very much just go to patreon.com slash shoe the dough support starts at like a buck a month yeah starts at a dollar a month and helps us out immensely so thanks for doing that do you like that transition that was how really is that smart. transition that smooth. Is that smooth can i That's share a, a depressing thought with you <laughs> of course I, I came across this on reddit Please do i think it was meant to be like an oddly like an oddly encouraging one. Okay. But I was just like, this is sort of depressing. Here's the quote. Remember that every corpse on Everest was once a highly motivated person. <laughs> it's not It's not supposed to be a motivational quote. <laughs> is it just like, is it encouraging us to not be as motivated as everybody wants us to be? Because. Yeah. I, it's think, par- it's... I think that's a joke. <laughs> that is a straight up joke. Right? Just remember, every corpse on Everest was once a highly motivated person. <laughs> Don't overrate motivation. It's like, this is not an encouraging quote. This is not something you share with your friends on Facebook <laughs> and social media. <laughs> you will not see this one on Instagram. It reminds me of those demotivational posters. Did yes. you ever look at those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> based on that, because it was based on those posters that just say like success. And yeah. And have a picture of a mountain or whatever. Reminds me of one of those. Well, we're going to do something new this episode. We've never done this before. We're just calling it Show Notes. And you may or may not know that we do a uh, daily radio show that airs on stations uh, across the country. Actually, across two countries, USA Actually, and Canada. But technically, one of our signals goes over the Mexican border. Three countries! <laughs> we want to get technical. We are blanketing North America. <laughs> Uh, But we do that radio show, and we thought today it might be fun to take a look back at this morning's radio show at our show notes and just go a little bit more into depth about the things we talked about on the show this morning. Maybe things that we didn't get to say, things we wanted to say, uh, interesting moments from the show, that kind of stuff. I thought might be kind of a little fun to do. We already talked about the behind the scenes super glue issue, so I think it's a perfect thing to try out today. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully that's it a, well, that's right. You. We mentioned because that was on the radio show because that happened during the show this morning. Uh, so yeah, so I thought it might be a little fun. I barely f- escaped with my life. Let me just tell you too about yeah. that super glue. Still stuck to the post-it pad that I put it on. <laughs> it is all these years, all these years later, these all these hours later, and the super glue went through the pages, and now the pages my pages are stuck, are stuck together. together too. Yeah, super glue. Is not something to play with. I listen. I think you summed it up perfectly in the show. Here is the life lesson: Do not treat your super glue container like your toothpaste container. No, don't do, do that. Do not roll them up. They are not built for that. I think that is that is wise, wise advice. It's still leaking, Aaron. Look, <laughs> I can't. I didn't do it. This is blowing my mind. I must have built up so much pressure in the super glue container it. that it is forever not out. like this is dangerous wrap it up in a piece of paper and throw it away right oh it's so sad there's still glue left in there what else can i glue <laughs> no this is a bad game this game needs to end now <laughs> throw it away no what else can we glue Today, let's look this around is, this is an awful idea there's got to be something here that we've been meaning to glue 
Uh, there's a book. You can glue the pages of your book together. No, no. You've no. got. Uh, we did talk about books today on the show. Let's talk. Coffee. Let's start there. Okay. Then we'll move from super glue gluing pages. It kind to of the book. went. It kind of went because you finished uh, a book series and were really disappointed. So we kind of talked about disappointment on the show this morning. You know, what are some things you've been disappointed by? How do you deal with disappointment? Kind of all that kind of stuff. Stemming, but tell us a little bit about, you know, why you were disappointed. Stemming because I have been reading a series of books and I really enjoyed them. Each one is over 300 pages, five in the book series. These were written in the, uh, started being written in the mid 80s, I think, and then went into like the mid 90s okay. by David Eddings, who is like a fantasy writer. So this is like a story of, you know, kings and magic and, you know. So all- unlike George R. R. Martin, he actually finished, you know, writing the book. He has finished them. <laughs> um, actually, the author has passed away at this point in time. But what was interesting about it is when I got to the final book, I had a really hard time enjoying it. You said you were super bored. I was really bored with it. And then the last 60 pages of this 300 plus page book. Felt we're, like, yeah, okay, okay, again. <laughs> okay, this is good. But I had spent so much time like, like, can we just move on? You know, it was, uh-huh. there was a lot of talk about war and strategy and I just wanted to know what happened to the characters. I don't want to talk about war strategy. Yeah. So I finished the book and I was like, okay, I got done with it. Now I know what happens. And then I went to research a little bit more to see what other things he had written and sure. realized that he had written another five book series with these same characters that picks up like five years later. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. So then you're in that place where you have to figure out this disappointing. Experience. Been- so it would have been different. Would it have been different if the fifth book was as good as the first four? If you were just like, I oh. think so. You like, would you have found those other five yeah. books and like just dug into them? But yeah. because of just that one book having the majority well, of it. I will say that, and the book uh, in chat was brought up, what was the book series? It's David Eddings, the Bel- Belgari- Belgariad series. Don't ask me. It's, it, anyway. Sometimes I read the shampoo bottle. Bel- about that. That's about all the reading I get done these days. Belgariade? That's the other thing about, you know, fantasy novels. They make mm-hmm. really interesting names and you're like, that never you can never sure. pronounce. Yeah. Never you have sure. to wait till the TV show comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't interested in the entire series about certain elements of the book. I can say the same about uh, Tolkien. No one, no mm-hmm. one, send oh, me I, hate mail. No, 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 no. I totally agree. That is a book. I actually did read the The Lord of the Rings, um, and there are sections of that book that it's hard. Is, is that are really difficult he to get through for me. Spent, uh, he spent. I remember one time, maybe four or five paragraphs describing a hill. Yeah, and I was like, dude. Was that going into this the Tom, so the Tom Bombadil Maybe, part? Maybe, yeah. I think it, it was going like, into the top. It was the first time going into the Tom Bombadil stuff. I was like, are we ever going to like meet a new character? Like, are we going <laughs> to describe each blade of grass? Like, no. what is going on? And I think it's because as a writer, you are so in that world and you're so captivated and you're trying to just, mm-hmm. you know, bring someone into it. And so I would skim over the parts that wasn't that weren't really captivating to me. But I would say 80% or more of Tolkien's book, probably closer to 90%. Totally captivated me. And yes. I loved it. Yeah, the way he wrote was so eloquent and I loved it. So, well, it's just such a great story. This, such great yeah. character, oh, such a awesome. great world, such a great story. And he does a great job of weaving it all together. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's kind of more like ABC. You kind of see everything coming. You know, you, it's not like a huge, like big wow, at least yeah, yeah. me. But it was still fun to read. So when the book, just tailed off in that last one for me. It was it was very disappointing, and it just it highlighted the other stuff that I didn't like as much. But I told my brother, who's the one that recommended it to me, that I had a good time. I really sure. enjoyed reading it. It's one of his favorite series of all time. So. I was trying to figure out the math. You said sixty pages out of three hundred were good. I think I of so that, that's twenty percent. That yeah, so I the like, last twenty yeah. percent was good. Yeah, and sprinkled in there, there was some things I was like, okay, interesting. But for the most part, I could have just like left the entire book. And but maybe the part of that is just. I like to skip to the end sometimes and figure out what's going on. I don't know. Well, it's funny we were mentioning Lord of the Rings and Tolkien because that's that's what I brought up for a disappointing experience was watching loving the Lord of the Rings movies, and then because they took the Hobbit movies and stretched out this tiny little book into three giant movies, yeah, uh, it really didn't work for me, and so I was really disappointed. I I you know for twenty years or whatever I was waiting for them to be able to do the Hobbit because the rights were tied up in different companies and they finally worked it all out and Peter Jackson was coming back to do it and I was so excited and then it just left me I mean there's good things about it don't get me wrong there are good things about those movies but overall just kind of left me disappointed 
So I, that happens sometimes with disappointing finishes. The hard part was disappointing finishes moving into, oh, there's five more books in the series that <laughs> I, I don't have the energy to put back into. I kind of felt that way about the last Hobbit movie. Yeah. I kind of felt like I don't, I don't know if I can I go mean, back. And if I weren't a movie critic, like I, you know, maybe I wouldn't have, but I felt like I had to go see it. So, you know, you got to finish it out. There's something yeah. about sticking to it. I'm proud of you, actually, for sticking to it and working your way through it. I powered through over 300 pages a day for about four days in a row. I know. And then got to the fifth book and couldn't pick it up for two days. <laughs> And I would read like two chapters and then I'd put it down and like it was really hard. It was very difficult. So thank you. I did push through. I did finish it. And happy to know that many of the people in the chat have also read the book and they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. It was kind of nice to see the characters having the resolution. Oh, you've got some, some backup in the. Yep. But now now I know what happens and now they've all kind of come to the conclusion. I'm fine with. no. I actually read. The essentially the Wikipedia cliff notes, the cliff notes of the next series, and I was like, yeah, I don't need to read it, you know, because <laughs> something would have been you would have wanted to, yeah, know. yeah, I would have wanted, you would have been curious. I love the comment in the chat uh, from Spartanite: the Hobbit movies are my Star Wars prequels. That is such a good comparison. That is that is a great comparison. Because um, yeah, I had that experience with the Star Wars prequels as well. It's so nice that Star Wars is back making good movies, though. Indeed, that, that makes me happy. All right, what else did we talk about on the show this morning? Talk about you working out. Oh my goodness, I'm working out again. I'm really excited for you to actually get back in the gym again. It's been two, you know, started back this week going to the gym. Over the summer, I've been riding my bike quite a bit, which has been great. It's been great cardio. It's been good fun. But there's something about that daily, you know, going into the gym, spending an hour, an hour and a half there or whatever, and, you know, having a system that feels better to me. I'm proud of you because it's a commitment because you're doing it before the show starts. Mm-hmm. And that's... You're getting up really early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we do a morning show. <laughs> yeah. And I know that when whenever I come to work and you've just got done with the workout, your energy is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of changes from, hey, good morning, having breakfast, you know, yeah, yeah, hope yeah. you had a good day yesterday. Let's go ahead and get the show started to, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm so excited about life. <laughs> <laughs> I read this in the news, and then this is here. I've got this idea for the show. It's like you're on this super high. Oh my and goodness! I, have to I must keep up be awful. <laughs> that must be awful for you. Sometimes I have to. Tell I can you, feel it. Just no, I can feel it. I know it's happening. Breathe. It's right. almost like we need to set a metronome for your mind. Just kind of slow it down. Just a I tried. Bit. I tried this morning. I tried. Like I, I really tried to be aware of how it amped me and dial that stuff back. But it's hard. This morning as I was coming into work, I was thinking about, you know, working on the treadmill and how people mm-hmm. play music while yeah. they work out. Yeah. And I had this thought that struck me. And so when I got to work today, I said, hey, I've got this idea for a break for the radio show. I want to tell you about a song I think that you should play. Mm-hmm. How did you think that went whenever I told you what I, it was? It was not what I was thinking. I, I was thinking more like a literal song that would, you know, help motivate you, that kind of thing. The song you said was Oceans by Hillsong. <laughs> that is the worst song to listen to on a treadmill. No, here's why I think it would be amazing. And I want you to try it and tell me what happens. That song is so emotional. And if you try to sing it and you're crying at the same time uh-huh. and you're on a treadmill uh-huh. and you're running. Yeah. I think that's just an extra <laughs> element of workout. It's adding- I don't want to be crying on a <laughs> treadmill. There's no crying on treadmills. Oh, sure there is. That's no, my Tom Hanks impersonation. Oh. Um, no, I... This morning, had you tried to listen to anything, it wouldn't have worked. Well, and that's how that's how we got into it, because that was a disappointing thing for me this morning, was I, as I'm getting to the gym, my headphones die, which is like one of the worst... There's only one experience in life that happens consistently that I think is a worse letdown than that. You ready for what it is? We didn't talk about this on the show. I'm just springing this on you. You ready for what it is? Yeah, go go for it. I'm Pour ready. yourself, a, you know, you're lactose intolerant, so maybe you don't know this. Pull yourself a bowl, a bowl of cereal, get to the fridge, no milk. That is one of the, that is the biggest letdown psychologically I ever experienced in my life. <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted this cereal so bad. These corn checks, but I can't eat them without milk. I'm not going to eat them dry. Oh, and then you've got to put them back in the box. It is the worst. That is the worst ever. But second to that is getting to the gym and your headphones dying so I, that you actually have to listen to the sounds of the gym. I don't have headphones that die. Mine plug in. Well, yeah. 
So do you well, not you have will a backup now if you pair? Get the new iPhone. No, it won't do that. You don't plug in headphones with the new iPhone. Uh, no, I just charge you. I just usually charge them overnight. And yesterday I didn't use them much, and so I thought, oh, they'll be fine for another day. Nope, they were not. So you didn't get to listen to any music. Any music? No pod. I usually listen to podcasts. And here's the fun part for us. Our radio show is, is aired on Christian stations mm-hmm. nationwide. Yeah. So we have to be careful about how we phrase certain things. What are you saying? So we don't swear? No, <laughs> just you know, like we don't want to talk about like specific body functions and stuff like that. We, oh, we, I see general what you're saying. Broadcast. Yeah, if you listen to Shoe the Dough, you wouldn't know <laughs> because we talk about plenty here. But this morning you said that you were hearing all kinds of noises because yes. your headphones were working. Uh-huh. So instead of listening yeah. to music, you're hearing people noises. Oh, yeah. People fart on the treadmill. Okay. Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. They think they're getting t- away with it, too. <laughs> but if the sound doesn't give it away, the smell will. Uh, you so can't help funny. it sometimes when you're running when you're oh running it goodness. just jars out of you sometimes <laughs> like but it's not just that oh, it's also no. the grunting and groaning that happens when people are working out you just See, don't people's, realize people's grunting groaning noises i think would tickle me i think it'd be kind of funny because it's just i have this audio loop thing that happens uh-huh. where i'll hear a funny noise that someone makes and, and then it cracks me up and then it just keeps playing back and then it yeah. cracks me up even more yeah so, well, you would have loved it then. <laughs> Me, I'd rather be listening to my podcasts. So that was that was the gym. We also got a call from somebody uh, who recommended to stop eating at 6 o'clock every night. And so I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then they were like, oh, also I work out four times a week and only eat salad. <laughs> that was really funny. She's like, I've lost this much weight. Oh, and we thought it was because she was she, mentioning she, yeah, she just she stopped, stopped eating she, at 6. You just stop eating at 6 o'clock and you can lose a bunch of weight. But no, she works out three or four times a week. <laughs> I thought that was funny. She was really sweet, though. And I love getting calls in the morning. And if you guys do listen to our radio show and you want to call in, uh, we have a show number and it's at our website, but it's 844-DNA-SHOW. Yeah. So if you ever want to call in and share a story. Anytime. Yeah. About something on the podcast, something. Yeah. 844-DNA-SHOW is always available to leave a message. In fact, if you called right now, we would get that call. Um, We also talked about an ugly shoe. Oh, yeah. The Ugg Tiva combined shoe this is which is half winter boot and half sandal legitimately looks like um like an ankle brace yeah with a sandal on the bottom who is begging for warm ankles and cold toes it's like, o- it's awful yeah i i don't get it at all i don't either so but, we put a picture of that up online yeah that was really fun some of the twitter comments were really fun on that one i think uh, the best one was that it, it's a mullet for shoes basically I liked the one that said that it was um, an Eskimo's beach shoe. <laughs> it was my favorite. It's kind of a reverse mullet, though, isn't it? Because it's it's business in the back and party in the front. Yeah, it's a party in the front, like a flip flop, and yeah. business in the back, which is looks but like a mullets boot. are party in the front and business in the no, they're party no, in the back party. and business up front. Yeah. it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. The boot is party up front. <laughs> the mullet is you're party really, in the back. You're really, really <laughs> thinking about this. That was actually kind of fun. We just got a phone call uh, from one of the live listeners. I tell you what, if you're a Patreon supporter, we'll put that in the bonus uh, audio podcast at patreon.com slash shoe the dough. We talked a little bit more about those absolutely ugly, disgusting shoes that Danae is going to buy. Just look up. No, I'm not. (laughs) Look up Tiva and Ugg sandal boot. That'll get you there. What else did we talk about in the the show this morning? We also talked about... um, me being told that I should be a pig. <laughs> this cracked me up. Because it really did. One of, one of your friend's sons said that he was dressing up as Buzz Lightyear or Woody or whichever one, and his sister was dressing up as the other one for Halloween, and he said, you should dress up as the pig. Yeah. It was really, really cute. I'm like, nobody can be offended when a three-year-old lovingly tells you that he wants you to be Hammy or Ham or whatever his mm-hmm. name is yeah. from Toy Story. Well, and also it means you would have to dress up. He wasn't saying you already look like him. No. So, you know, that's I don't know. Maybe he was saying that. Or you could do the slinky dog. Or you could do a combination and call it the ham dog. I must say. See that? That's a callback. That's a ham dog callback, everybody. (laughs) I missed it. That's why I had to shout about it. That's hilarious. (laughs) You are too clever for your own good. What were you about to say? I, I wanted to mention that he was a very polite little 
young man, though, because he said, what do you want to be first? And when I said, I don't know, what do you think? He Mm -hmm. gave me the pig as an option. Oh, that was very kind of him. And I think it's because he wants to include me in his festivities for Halloween. Like, I'm sure he wants me to go trick-or-treating with him and his sister. Well, uh, listen, it's more than a month away. Why is he thinking about this? He's three. Why wouldn't he? Well, I don't know. Three-year-olds have no idea of time. They think Like, why isn't he thinking about Christmas? Why isn't he he thinking about his birthday? He gets to dress up as as whatever he Uh wants. Yeah. That's exciting. Somebody has been talking to him about this, right? Like, somebody is prepping him. Or he's gone to the store and seen the Woody and Buzz Lightyear costumes. Oh, that's true. That's what it is. And he's super obsessed with them right now. Like, Toy Story is his world right now. Because, you know, Halloween stuff has been in stores for over a month now we're really close to thanksgiving halloween thanksgiving and christmas it's the holidays on the man. horizon it's the holidays if you want to know... start lumping halloween into the holidays <laughs> it's like it's been at cracker barrel for a while now that's, that's true what... if you want to know what's coming up in the seasons go to cracker barrel <laughs> <laughs> it's all there um we also talked a, a little bit about uh the pb and j record that this the, was interesting yeah that the kids from uh temple did 49,100 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Made in one hour. In one hour. By 1,100 volunteers. So that's a world record. And then what they did was they took all those sandwiches and they gave them to 15 different food banks as well as all the homeless shelters around the city of Philadelphia. Let's hope the food banks could take them. I think that is, that's that's great because you have fun breaking a record. And then you also, you know, feed the homeless. So I think that's a pretty great thing. I take great care with my PB&J sandwiches. What about 41,900 of them? I'm just saying that I think they probably were sloppy. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, because they're trying to break a record. So they're yeah. not trying to make them evenly distributed. Like yeah. oh, the right I, amount of P to the J. I, I make a killer PB&J. I know exactly the ratio. I cover all the bread. This is very important to me. You cover all the way to the crust. That's why people take the crust off. It isn't because they don't like the taste of crust. It's because they're only tasting bread usually because people don't cover the entire thing. That's my opinion. If they would have taken great care, they probably would have made 1,100 sandwiches in an hour <laughs> instead of the 49. Each of them made one, one sandwich. sandwich. One Wait, very I haven't done good. the math. I haven't done the math. Do so 41,900 sandwiches by 1,100 people. What's the math on that? People. So you would do 49,100. I'll just provide you the thinking music. Okay, go ahead. Dude. That's that's Jeopardy. That's okay. We need our own thinking music. Okay. I like it. So far, all that time was me finding my calculator app. They each made 38 sandwiches during that hour. They made 38 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So how many is that per minute? All right. Hold on. More thinking music. <laughs> oh. It's one and a half. One and a half a minute. Mm-hmm. It's too fast. <laughs> it needs to take a few. No, 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 no. Not, not one and a half a minute. No, no, no. It would have been um, one and a half. What? So wait. I'm not so they the made the 38 in an hour. So it would be... Do 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 Sounds about right. I like how in the chat it says, you know, there were a handful of overachievers who slogged on the jelly. That's right. Also interesting, uh, I had to look up how many um, slices of bread that would be. Do you remember? Just just divide by two. (laughs) 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 It's somewhere around 25,000 slices of bread. I do remember was it was it almost two pounds of no, it was almost three tons of three peanut tons butter. of peanut butter. Yeah, it was almost six thousand pounds of peanut butter and almost four thousand pounds of jelly, which means peanut it's butter crazy. weighs more than jelly by a lot. Which I was it's surprised really dense. with. Yeah, I was. Maybe they use crunchy, or would crunchy be lighter? I would think it'd be heavier, but I don't know. No, actually, I think it'd be lighter because it's the Let's actual go to the nuts. <laughs> Let's go to Google. These are the important questions. Is but crunchy I think the- peanut butter heavier? Oh my god, I am. I am like. <laughs> Laying bare how bad I am at instant math, 
You don't divide by two. You multiply by two to figure out how many slices of bread. <laughs> Aaron, I don't even know what's happening 90,000 pieces of bread. I want to say that no one's done this before. Or almost 100,000, actually. I've, I've, the only thing coming up in search is which one's healthier. Well, of course. Which one's better. No, I think the actual nuts are less dense. So I think it would weigh less. I think the crunchy peanut butter would weigh less than creamy peanut butter. This will be the primary question we need to have answered before the next episode. You know, this isn't kind of like what show prep is like for our radio show. <laughs> That's the fun of doing show notes on shoe. I'm really enjoying the show notes section because we can talk more at length can we about call it, it. Can we call it no shots? Nope. Okay. Fair enough. I just thought I'd try to spoonerize it. I don't think so. Well, that's it. I really don't think there's much else to talk about from the show. We did talk about personality types. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I thought this was lame. Yeah. I was really frustrated with this. I think people should stop coming up with ways to define humanity. Well, I don't mind people coming up with ways to like think more about, but this one was like, there are only four personality types among human beings. Here was the crazy part, you guys. The way that they begin to figure out which one of the four personality types you are is by giving you a scenario Mm -hmm. in which you are supposed to provide food for a camp of people. Mm -hmm. And you either can go out and hunt for deer with someone else or you can hunt alone for rabbit. Mm -hmm. Answering that question We'll tell you whether you... When begins to put you into the category that you will land in. Pessimist, optimist, uh, envious, or trusting. Those are the only four categories that everybody falls into. According to this new study according or whatever. According to this new study. We, fi- we figured out there's a fifth category, actually. Yeah. According to this metaphor. Vegan. Which is vegan. <laughs> <laughs> which is, I choose not to hunt the animal. What happens now? That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much for shooting the dough with us today. This podcast is part of the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by going to shoethedough.com. Huge thanks to Austin for doing today's intro and Chris Tilly for composing the Shoe the Dough theme music. And of course, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters. Mwah! Mwah! For giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts ah, at Ah, that was my line. Support starts at a buck a month and comes with some fun perks. Find out more at patreon.com slash shoe the dough. Please subscribe, rate, and comment at iTunes because that really helps us out. And if you have any feedback for us, you can email us directly at shoe the dough at gmail.com. But why don't they have anything on Google about how heavy crunchy peanut butter is? <laughs> It's just not something they care about. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.